Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. So if you didn't catch my Instagram post this weekend, you could leave the Queen of Calm a voicemail. And by voicemail, you could leave anything from from asking for resume tips, asking for advice on interning, sharing any topics you'd like to hear on the show, following up with questions on any past episodes or for my guests, or if you want to share your own industry inside of the week, something that you saw that was, you know, exciting in the world of PR or communications, please send it my way. And I will, once I receive a voicemail from you, I will play it on the show and then answer your question or help you out in any way. So if you want to leave the Queen of Calm a voicemail, head to anchor.fm slash queen of calm podcast slash message or click the link in our Instagram bio to leave me a voicemail. And speaking of Instagram, if you're not following us already on Instagram, follow us at Queen of Calm Podcast and on Twitter at Queen of Calm Pod. I share all of my upcoming guest announcements. I share when episodes are live and a bunch of fun stuff. So be sure to follow us on there. But as for today's industry insights, there was no listener question of the week last week because I wanted you all to focus on the theme of internal comms and really listen to the insights that my guests had to share on that subject. But as for this week's industry insights, I'm so excited to keep this in the theme of the episode, which is all about publishing PR, because my guest is so knowledgeable on the subject as she has a hands-on experience in the industry. And I know a lot of you want to get into publishing, wanting to get into publishing PR. So I'm so excited for you to hear from her, but we'll get to that in a minute. But as for today's industry insights, I wanted to talk about how book arcs and galleys are taking the place of, you know, makeup PR packages on TikTok in some ways. So while I still love makeup PR packages, and side note, I'm so excited for you all to hear from a future guest who will be sharing all about beauty PR packages and how that process works. And I do think there are still a huge, you know, thing in the industry. But I think book packages, PR packages are giving them a run for their money. So, you know, back in the early days of YouTube, when these PR packages started in the beauty industry, you know, everyone was so fascinated about how these, you know, YouTubers for the first time were getting this free product and trying it out and showing every aspect and, you know, comparing it to high-end products and drugstore products. And you really get that in-depth, you know, feel of everything so that when you went to go buy the product, you really had a background of what you were buying. And that's how, you know, we get to know these influencers and these YouTubers, because it seemed like they were, you know, just like you, a consumer and trying out the product and really, you know, giving you their honest opinion. And so I really think that's trickled down into what we're seeing now on Book Talk, which if you're not familiar, it's the side of TikTok where avid readers are taking the time to make TikTok videos all about the book that is that they're discussing or reading at that moment. So, you know, instead of just sharing, you know, here are five books I read, they'll go more in depth. Like here are three books that, you know, you've already read that might be relevant to this one that are very similar. Here's what the characters are like and here's a mood board. So you're really getting that background before you even tap into a book. And it's all pretty much without spoilers. And I just find it so amazing as an avid reader myself. You know, I feel like so many times I've gone to buy books or, you know, pick one to read. And I really base it on the cover and the description. But then once you get into the pages, you're like, oh, maybe I don't like this author's writing style as much as I thought. Or this isn't the story I thought it was going to be. But with the help of these, you know, book talk influencers, I feel like I'm seeing more about the books. I've definitely been influenced by ones that I've seen on my For You page. Like, oh, I have to go download that on Kindle Unlimited right now because I see it you know, on my TikTok feed and it's, you know, illustrated so well by the influencer. And so I think that in turn has created that demand for these arcs, which if you're not familiar, are advanced reading copies as well as galleys. Um, 
And so I found myself, you know, even though I'm not a book talk influencer or anything to do in the publishing space, I found myself just scrolling on NetGalley, you know, thinking like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could read this book early? And wouldn't it be great if I could read this? Because, you know, so many times you read these great books, you know, so fast and, you know, you're waiting to, to, to read the second one and it's not coming out for a few months. And I think there's that great demand for people, you know, looking to get these books early. So in my opinion, I think that book talk is giving makeup talk a run for its money in the PR package department. So I wanted to ask all of you, if given the choice, would you want to receive a PR makeup package or would you want to get a book PR package with a new book that you've been waiting to read? So I'll put that in our Instagram stories and you can tell me your answer and I'll share the results next week. But as for my answer to that question, I think I'm straight in the middle um, you know, I really would love a makeup PR package, but I also would love to read one of my upcoming uh, books that I'm really looking forward to early. So it's really a toss up. So let me know what you all think. But as for today's guest, I'm so excited to have her on the show because she really has a unique perspective on PR because she herself is an author and, you know, she wants to reach her readers and she wants to be a part of that process from the author standpoint. But she also is a PR manager for a uh, publishing company. So, you know, having that perspective as well as of knowing what to do on her own when she's, you know, publishing her books, I think is so valuable to have both perspectives. And then to tie it all together, she is also a part-time uh, professor teaching communications. So she also gets that aspect of these younger students in class, students that may want to go into publishing, one, publishing PR one day or any other industry. So she's really able to keep her finger on the pulse of the PR industry because she gets all these different perspectives. So I just think it's so fascinating. So stay tuned for the interview. You're not going to want to miss it. My next guest is a nationally recognized contemporary romance author that also serves as PR manager for Burning Soul Press, as well as a social media strategist for, for Labyrinth Made Goods. She is also an instructor and academic advisor at Illinois State University and a continuing education instructor with Heartland Community College. Please welcome Julie Navikas to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, so glad to have you on. So why don't we start out with how you got interested in public relations? Absolutely. Um, I will go way back and start with my <laughs> undergraduate experience. Um, so back in 2006, I transferred to Illinois State University in the School of Communication. And it was my very first advising meeting. I was meeting a new academic advisor for the first time. And just throughout that conversation, she kind of recommended, hey, you like writing, you like interacting with others, with people, maybe you should consider looking at public relations. And my, you know, 19-year-old brain said, that sounds really good. And I did it. And she was 100% correct. It was the perfect fit for me. Wonderful major choice. Yeah, I, I feel like I hear that so much that people start with that love of writing and they love to, you know, be social and talk with people. So that's so interesting that you're able to, you know, go back to that in your career today while still doing PR. Um, but before we get to that, so what was your time in college like and how did that help you refine your interest to what you're doing now? Yeah, definitely. Um, so my undergraduate career, I was only at ISU for about a semester and a half. I happened to graduate early um, as a transfer student, but that experience was phenomenal. One of the coolest things that I got to do was participate in a study abroad experience in Paris, France. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, right, a whole summer <laughs> I was in Paris and we studied um, public relations courses. So we looked specifically at like global marketing and international PR. 
And it's honestly just through a trip like that, you, you just kind of learn and grow and, you know, kind of learn who you are essentially, right? And that really solidified for me that I was in the right place. I was with the right people. I was studying the right content to further my career. Uh, but then I graduated and I wasn't quite sure what to do. So, you know, the logical choice, right, was to just stay in school. <laughs> so I did. Um, I hung around the School of Calm a little bit longer um, and I did my um, graduate degree in organizational communication, but took some public relations courses. So I'm just kind of been around, you know, the discipline for an extended period of time. And look at me, here I am still in a college classroom, just in a very different capacity. Yeah, definitely. You were like doing Emily in Paris before Emily. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And so, um, you know, you talk about how you're still able to, you know, be in the classroom now in a different capacity. So, you know, what led you to your current career with Burning Soul Press and even what you're doing with Labyrinth Made Goods and as a professor? Yeah, I guess so. those are all very different stories. I'll kind of jumble them together a little bit. Um, so I've been working in the School of Communication for about eight-ish years, um, teaching courses, working with college-age students, mostly in like an academic advising capacity. And that's kind of been my primary focus. But within the last couple of years, right, the pandemic shifted everything, right? And I found myself at home in my basement, teaching courses online over Zoom, advising college students, you know, online over Zoom. And, you know, it, it, it shifted <laughs> quite a bit of my day-to-day -day routine. And like everyone else, right, this isn't something that's unique to me in any sense of the word. Um, but it gave me a little bit of an opportunity to be reflective and to think through how I was spending my time. And throughout that journey, kind of through that experience, I kind of refound a piece of something that I had kind of left, you know, several years ago, and that's storytelling, you know, it's fiction writing. And so I happened to reconnect with an, um, a friend, she was a colleague, a peer that I went through a leadership program with years ago, and she had started her own publishing company, Burning Soul Press, and she was hosting just this random online free workshop, you know, come, let's talk about writing, let's just kind of share the experience. And I did that with her for like five days. And to make a very long story short, I started working for her <laughs> a couple of months later. And it has just been really the coolest opportunity to be immersed in a different industry. And I get to work with other creatives, other authors, other like-minded people. So I feel my passion in the classroom, but then I also get to be in an industry and work in a profession that I was educated to do. Um, and then just through several other connections, I started working with Labyrinth Made Goods. I really just do their social media content and engagement for them. So it's nice to kind of have my hand in, you know, a little bit of the nonprofit social enterprise world, still in the classroom and in the publishing industry. Yeah, that's so awesome that you're able to kind of dip into all those different industries and get that experience as well and still follow your passions, like you said. And so you know, I'm sure that the publishing world is so unique in the aspect of PR, you know, PR is everywhere, as we know, and I love how you brought up that storytelling aspect. And I'm sure that's a big part of what you do with Burning Soul Press. So, you know, what is PR like in the publishing world? Can you kind of give us like an inside look into that? Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about that a little bit earlier, and I kind of had two different answers, I would say, right? Um, when it comes to publishing, there's two different types of public relations. The first one is, you know, you're doing PR for a publishing company, right? And indie, hybrid, you know, burning soul press, like you're doing PR 
for the company, for the organization. But then you have all of the authors, right, that are publishing through the Burning Soul Press imprint. And you do PR for each and every single author. And each author is unique. They all have their own story to tell. They all have their own mission. They all have their kind of niche topics, right? So from my experience, you know, it's been kind of fun because it's so versatile. Nothing's the same <laughs> from one author to the next. Um, so, you know, you ask what PR is like in the publishing industry. It's a challenge. Um, it's ever-changing, but it's also something that keeps you pretty consistently active and, you know, finding the trends and finding the right, you know, areas to kind of seek out media opportunities. Um, so it's a lot of fun, you know, it's just something that is, uh, you know, day to day, there's always something new, some kind of challenge that I need to jump on. So it's good. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like such a fun job. And, you know, that's so interesting how you bring up those two sides of PR for publishing. And it kind of seems like each publishing publishing house is like their own agency, which that's super cool, which, you know, I bet some people would consider before even looking into it, that that could be like an in-house opportunity working for one of these publishing houses. But as you show, it's very versatile, has a lot of different facets to it. Um, and so I follow like a lot of authors on Instagram and I see like people talking about like arcs and, you know, different things to kind of do that PR aspect before their book comes out. So I just find that really fascinating, that kind of work you do. It's very cool. Yes. And it's been, you know, selfishly, right. I mean, I get to do this for a job, right. And help other authors, but, you know, I'm also on the author journey you know, I write my own books, my own stories and stuff. And so it's kind of fun, right. To be able to <laughs> do something for a career, for a living and help others, but I selfishly benefit from it. Right. I mean, I'm learning how to do it successfully for myself as well. Yeah, I, I totally can agree with that because I feel like in my work daily at a PR agency, I feel like I'm also seeing those opportunities for the podcast and like people to connect with. So yeah, definitely. I can totally True. agree with that. Um, and so you talked about being on both that author side and that PR side. So do you have any advice for current college students or even recent graduates that are looking to get into either side of that publishing? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the very best advice that I think I can fall back on, and I'm sure you've heard it time and time again, right? It's knowing what you can do outside of the classroom that's going to help support and make yourself marketable. So I tell this advice to students literally every single day, right? It's internship opportunities. If you can get your foot in the door, if you can start early in your college career, get those experiences that are going to help give you those transferable skills to be successful. So internships, absolutely, right? But it's also being very mindful about kind of your own digital presence, right? Having your own established social media that just demonstrates your level of credibility as a student, right? Um, so anything that you can do kind of in that realm to build a successful portfolio, I mean, you're making yourself far more marketable than your competition. Yeah, I, I love that tip you just shared because I feel like so many times we hear about that personal brand and the elevator pitch. And so- that is an important part, but I feel like having that well-rounded approach, like you were just talking about having a social media, I love LinkedIn, you know, creating yeah. things, sharing industry articles. I think it's such a great platform, not only for getting a job, but also after something I was talking about with, a other get, with another guest is, you know, keeping your LinkedIn fresh after you get that job. How do you keep yourself marketable? Like you were saying, you know, make yourself have that credibility. So I feel like that's such an interesting tip and something that everyone should be mindful of. Definitely. Yeah. The LinkedIn page, especially I think students think of it as, oh, well, once I get a job, I'm good. No, no, no. <laughs> you got to stay there. You got to use it for its other purposes as well. 
Yeah. So, you know, from your experience in the classroom and what you're seeing kind of in that publishing PR world and just your work in general, you know, what trends do you see on the horizon for PR in 2022? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I put some thought into this question because I think this is an important one. Um, here's what I've observed, I would say, in the last year or so, especially with how COVID has kind of come in and changed, you know, how we kind of think about things in our daily operations. One thing that I've noticed is storytelling in particular, right? When it comes to traditional public relations, we used to rely very heavily on our partners in the media. Right. That was our job as PR professionals. You know, we seek out opportunities. We write a beautiful pitch. We send it over and we cross our fingers. Right. That somebody's going to cover <laughs> what it is that we want to cover. And that's traditional PR. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's not going away. Right. That's part of what we're going to be doing for years to come. But what I also think is kind of cool is that agencies, organizations, places, you know, they're coming up with alternative ways that don't rely so heavily on media influence. Storytelling has become huge, and we have so many fantastic tools that enable us to be just more proficient and have that polished look, right? There's not a student that I've worked, you know, worked with that's not familiar with uh, Canva, right? Yeah. Everybody knows how to create a video, right? Everybody knows how to create a beautiful Instagram reel, or they're on TikTok creating fun things, right? Everybody has these easy to access professional tools that help them make themselves look like a polished professional. And so I think there's going to be a shift in the PR trends of companies, organizations, they're going to be doing a little bit more themselves when it comes to telling their story and sharing their mission and their values with the people that they're working with. So probably a shift to come. And I would imagine publishing is no exception. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said. Um, I was just talking about with another one of my guests as well about how we're kind of making that shift to integrated marketing communications. And if you're going to be having that brand message, like you need every single avenue to reach that message. And so like you were saying with kind of getting, putting, well, not getting rid of, but putting that traditional media relations on the back burner is something that we're going to be seeing more in 2022. And um, I'm just like fascinated how all these brands are making a voice on like TikTok, they're engaging with people in the comments and that's just as marketable. Like I was talking about with that previous guest, that's just as marketable for a story on a, in a publication than a pitch nowadays. Absolutely. It's sometimes more effective too. I mean, that's where we're seeing the traction. That's where you see the engagement. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And so speaking more on your experience, because you have so, so many great tips from having that advising experience and being a professor and working with students, you know, daily, um, you know, from a pers professor's perspective and advisor's perspective, you know, what trends are you seeing in the classroom that you think will go with students as they enter the workforce? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think what's going to be one of the expectations now is that students are going to graduate with their college degree and they're going to walk into these PR communication focused professions. And, you know, we're working with Generation Z, right? They have grown up, they have experienced technology in the palm of their hand. And these, these students, right, they're going to be expected to be masters of digital marketing and social media. That's just the reality, right? And they may never have formally taken courses in it. It may not have been part of their curriculum in college, but because of their age and because of who they are as people, there's going to be an expectation that they're going to be, like I said, masters of that type of content. Um, and I think students need to be ready for it. I just said this in class, gosh, I think it was yesterday, <laughs> that you all are going to be expected to be proficient in this. 
So get comfortable with it because it is absolutely not going anywhere anytime soon. And you're going to be the ones running the show in the future. <laughs> yeah, I love what you just said about that because it is so true. And going back to that, you know, putting that media relations factor on the back burner, I feel like, you know, our classes prepare us so well for those, you know, traditional PR tactics and things that we're doing, those strategies, how to write, how to, you know, build a connection with a journalist, but we're bringing that experience to the table. And, you know, even in my own work that I just started as a um, account coordinator about five months ago as my first job at a college. Yeah. Um, and so I'm definitely seeing that in the workplace as well. You know, can you help me make this Zoom link? Can you do this on Canva? Like we were talking about, you know, are there any social media trends you're seeing? So definitely we're, we're kind of held to a higher standard on that social media marketing aspect. You are 100% correct. And I think it's just going to continue as things tend to evolve. Yeah. And we talked a bit before about um, your advice where you were saying, you know, get involved with those internship opportunities, you know, get as much experience you can as you can out from outside the classroom. So, you know, what can students be doing now to stand out in the PR industry later on? Yeah, um, I think it's the variety of experiences that you choose to have. Um, and I work with so many students who have one specific idea in mind. Um, and I'll use an example, right? So I work at Illinois State University. That's in uh, normal Illinois, so central Illinois, <laughs> We're about two hours south of Chicago. And so most public relations students that I work with, they have this idea in their head that, okay, when I graduate, I'm going to move to the city and I'm going to work in an agency. And I say, great, that sounds like a really wonderful career aspiration. You do you. And they get pigeonholed into <laughs> exactly what my life is going to look like. And my advice to them is don't shortchange yourself by just having that one idea in mind. You can gain transferable skills by doing other things in different industries. So I usually tell students, you know, give yourself an opportunity to intern at a nonprofit. Just do it for a summer, right? Give yourself a different look, a different perspective, try new things in a different capacity. Then try corporate, then try an agency, right? But it's what you can do to make yourself such a versatile employee, right? You're demonstrating that you have skill sets in very different places and you can adapt your skill sets, right? To whatever it is you're working for, a client or an organization. It's kind of that multitude of experiences that conglomerate together. And that's really what's going to sell yourself in the job market. Oh yeah, definitely. I totally agree with what you said. And, you know, there's so many ways to get involved nowadays. Like my college had a student run agency, you know, yeah internship opportunities because they're remote, you know, you can kind of apply to anywhere, get that, you know, bi-coastal experience. If you want to work in California, um, it, you know, while you're in on the East coast, it can work out, but you know, there's so many opportunities and especially mentorship opportunities as well. I feel like so many more people are willing to meet on a zoom kind of like this, um, oh. how you're on the podcast and so many people are more open to that. So that's a great point you shared about, you know, getting all those experiences. And I feel like college is such a great time to, you know, refine whether you want to go agency in-house, you yes. know, that's the time to be making those mistakes, the time to be seeing what you like and what you don't like, because you don't want to get stuck later on, like you said, getting pigeonholed mm -hmm. into something that you don't want to do later on. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. You know, one track mind and I respect that, right. It's a really good thing, but it's, you know, keep your opportunities open, join the student organizations, do the internships, you know, be part of the campus newspaper, you know, get familiar with your writing skill sets, because honestly, that's what's going to take you, you know, into the position that you want. Yeah. And it's such a great opportunity. And I feel like I've said this so many times too, to kind of have your finger on the pulse, know what's going on in all these different organizations at your school and kind of get a sense of, 
you know, knowing everything that's going on because we as PR professionals need to know what's going on in the news. How can we, you know, tie this to our clients, a new release or anything we're, that we're putting out. So that's such a great practice for that as well. And even building your confidence if you're into journalism, you know, reaching out to somebody blindly for to write a story, that sort of thing. I feel like that there's so many opportunities out there. Yeah, you're absolutely, you're, you're dead on with that for sure. It's, it's building the confidence level too. And you can only get that with experience. That's just the reality. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like before I did an internship opportunity in college, I was so scared. Like what's an internship? Like, how do I approach my boss? Like, how do I balance that? So definitely, a, definitely a good chance to kind of work all those kinks out before you get going. Yeah, probably a good idea because you're going to embarrass yourself very quickly, <laughs> your career otherwise. <laughs> yes. And so um, I just was saying about how COVID, you know, now all these internships are kind of available because they're virtual and there's so many changes to the industry that we've seen just in this past year alone, especially in the past two years as well. So, you know, what changes due to COVID have you seen both in the classroom with students that you're working with and also in your job and PR? Yeah, you know, I'll answer the PR one probably more easily here because honestly, nothing's changed. Um, in that capacity, I, when I work for Burning Soul Press, it's 100% virtual. So nothing changed for me. I still, you know, do my regular, you know, Microsoft Teams and here, let's have a Zoom meeting and let's use Voxer. And like, there's all these tools at our disposal that things didn't really shift one way or the other. In fact, I think it just got easier because people got more comfortable with the technology that we were using. So PR for publishing, not a whole lot, right? COVID didn't really impact it in any way. It may have inspired some more creatives to, you know, put their pen to paper and start moving to, you know, check off that bucket list or something like that, you know, write my memoir. But in terms of the classroom, I mean, things are drastically, drastically different. Um, I don't know if you experienced it firsthand, but, you know, COVID has at least taken Illinois State University for an entire virtual academic year, which has just had so many challenges. I mean, some wins along the way too, but it, it's definitely, I wouldn't say in any way enhanced the learning experience by trying to teach courses on Zoom. Um, we just got back into the classroom this week, actually, here. Oh, in wow. So it's a, yeah, it's been a very rocky couple of semesters. <laughs> and But students, you know, they're resilient. They're just go with the flow. Okay, we're back in the classroom. Let me shift my learning skill set here and, you know, just jump in and try to figure things out. But it's a tough sell right now as a student, that's for sure. Oh, oh yeah. I graduated in May of 2021, so I definitely went through that that whole situation and you know like what day are we in the classroom because we kind of did hybrid where we would split our class into two and go like every other day so it was kind of hard to know like where you're going like sometimes you start walking to class and you're on zoom so it was definitely a, definitely a unique time and um you know kind of disappointing to kind of end your college experience with all this going on but yeah. um that like you were talking about, that'll definitely make us more resilient and, you know, learn more of those technological things, because especially I work fully remote too, which I never could have anticipated before, yeah. before, you know, any of this happened, the pandemic. So that's really interesting how, you know, we can just, you know, adapt and change and still do our work at, from anywhere in the world. It's really cool. It is really cool. And, and you're right. There's something to be said about that. You know, we just had to adapt. You had to change your lifestyle. You had to be more flexible and just accommodating with a go with the flow kind of attitude. But yeah, it's definitely been a transition. Yes, definitely. And so I have one final question for you. But before I ask it, I always like to ask first, are you familiar with Sophia Amoruso? 
I am not. Should I be? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's up to you. But um, she is my favorite girl boss. Um, and she is actually the creator of that word girl boss. She's an entrepreneur and um, she's the founder of Nasty Gal. I don't know if you're familiar with that either. It's like a clothing brand. Um, and she kind of grew it to be like a multi-million dollar business. And then she kind of went through a, like a, I'm losing the word, but <laughs> um, bankrupt. They went bankrupt and went through all changes. And then she started Girl Boss Media, which is a media company. And now she's transitioning into teaching businesses, how they can you know promote themselves and that whole thing. Um, so she started this phrase and it's just like to celebrate somebody who, you know, is doing a great job in any industry. So I love to do this in inspiration to her of asking all my guests, who is your favorite girl boss or just a woman who inspires you? Oh, I love that question. And I think it's so <laughs> cool that you keep the consistency too, because you probably have a really cool list by now. Um, okay. So my answers are always typically going to fall back on my love of literature. That's just kind of who I am as a person, a storyteller. Um, and when I stopped and thought about it, I'm like, okay. So one of my favorite things in the world is to read fantasy. I love the Lord of the Rings. I love the Hobbit. <laughs> I love Game of Thrones, right? This is just kind of who I am. I'm a nerdy person at heart, right? <laughs> and then I started to think, I'm like, okay, so who are my favorite authors? And you're like, okay, well, there's George R.R. R. Martin, you know, then you have Tolkien. They're all men, right? I'm like, okay, well, who broke into that circle? You know, who shifted things? Who made the disruption? J.K. Rowling. I mean, she has just been this inspirational person who just had this hardship in life, came back with this story that has literally changed the world that we live in. So my answer, an author, JK Rowling, for sure. I love that. Yeah. I don't think I've seen any other, you know, fantasy author that you were talking about make such an impact. You see Harry Potter everywhere, like the 20th anniversary just came out, all this merch yeah. and such an enduring story that's from, you know, what is it, 20 years now that it's been out? Yeah. So <laughs> Definitely su such an inspiring girl boss. And so, yeah, I have came across like such a cool list from doing this because I feel like every single time, I, I mean, I've known about JK Rowling and some people say Oprah and Rihanna and people that we know, but also there's some people that we don't know that I love to follow. And right after I go right on Instagram and look them up, but um, before I let you go, can you tell everyone where they can find your books and kind of your work with Burning Soul Press? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so my books are not quite out yet. Um, I have two that are going to be launching later this year. So I have one in August and one in November. They're both going to be published by Inkspell Publishing. But I would love for everyone who's interested to just come along on the journey. I have presence on uh, all of our social media platforms. I'm, I feel like I live on Instagram. So um, <laughs> that's definitely the place where you can find me. Um, my handle is just at Julie Navicus. Uh, but yeah, for Burning Soul Press, it's just burningsoulpress.com. But for anyone who's interested in indie hybrid publishing or just has kind of a creative, you know, story that you just want to tell and just kind of don't know how to do it, this is your home. I mean, these are the people who will help you through that journey, how, you know, to navigate that path from, you know, just an idea to actual publication with, you know, your words out to the world. So Burning Soul Press is fantastic. I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I, that's awesome. And we'll definitely all have to check out your books when they come out. And thank you so much, Julie, for being on the show. It was great talking with you and touching on all these different subjects. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was a fun conversation. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? Head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Want to drop us a line? Click the link in our Instagram bio to leave us a voicemail. And who knows, it might even end up on the show. See you next week for more tips and tricks of the trade.